Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Apollinearing. My name is Seth. I'm your host. And uh, tonight we got an exciting interview. Again, uh, gosh, I think I say that in every interview that I do, but just every interview that I do is super exciting for me. And I'm super stoked to, to have Ken on tonight. And um, it's going to be a great discussion. Tonight's topic is going to be, well, depending on how much time we have, man, because we can talk all night on just one of these things. And, and so uh, we'll see how far we get. But I labeled tonight's topic, uh, Aliens, Demons, Transhumanism, and the Connection Between the Three. So that, that's a lot of material to, <laughs> to cover. And, and, uh, but we'll see what we get into. And, and uh, we may need to have Ken back on in the future to, to finish this conversation. But, but we'll see where it goes. So um, man, if, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, I, I have joined the Daily Renegade, which is kind of a, a Netflix for fringe Christianity. And so if you guys aren't a part of the Daily Renegade or you don't know anything about it, I encourage you guys to go check it out. There's currently 12 shows on there um, similar to this. They're not all interview shows. A lot of them actually are just research, independent researchers doing their thing, um, a, scholarly researchers like Ryan Peterson and uh, Gary Wayne. And uh, so there's a bunch of shows on there that are um, dedicated to getting truth and information out to you guys. And that's really what the Daily Renegade is about. Uh, recently, we've come into a lot of censorship on YouTube. And in fact, one of the interviews that I did with, with Amor was uh, there was a strike put against it and the video was actually removed by YouTube, by Google, and uh, they put a strike on our account. So for the past week, we have been unable to upload videos and to live stream. So the censorship is real, guys. It's not that we talk about, like this is actually happening. And so um, we need your support. We need to be in this fight together. We, I mean, this country is built on free speech and this, pl this platform is totally hypocritical in, in, in how they censor people. They say, you know, you can't talk about this, but then you can talk about this and it just doesn't make any sense. And so we need to be on the front lines battling against this. And one of the ways that we can battle against this is to create our own platform. And so that's what Josh Peck uh, had the idea to do. And it's been a, it's been a great journey, um, but it also takes, uh, you know, it takes time and it takes money. And so make sure that you guys also be cons consider becoming a member at the Daily Renegade. It's only 10 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year. And uh, I mean, for now, those are the prices. And uh, Josh always tells me, he's like, I don't know, uh, you know, how long we could keep those prices because it's becoming such a hot thing. And uh, with the more shows that are coming on with the more editors and things like that, editing articles, we're going to need to to be able to fund this thing. And so it's going to take your guys' financial support and your prayers, most importantly. So be praying for us. Be praying for the Daily Renegade, that God's gospel, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be spread to those that need to hear it. So um, 
gosh, I just got to give that plug in and uh, for the Daily Renegade, for all those great hosts that are on there. And, and I'm just so blessed and honored to be a part of it. So I can't wait to see where it goes. But without further ado, uh, I'm going to introduce Ken and then uh, we're going to hear from him and, and get into this exciting discussion. So Ken Ami is an Argentinian American Jewish Christian who attended private Jewish school and had his bar mitzvah in Israel. He was formally involved in the New Age movement and was a practitioner of Reiki, Tai Chi, Chuan, Chai Kung, and I Ching. He has been involved in Christian apologetics as a researcher and lecturer for nearly a decade and has articles published in an apologetics journal. All right, Ken, how's it going tonight, man? Very well, and I'm honored to be on with you. Well, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Gosh, I've, I've been looking into some of your research the past few days, and, and I'm super excited for this conversation. You, you are, as we were discussing before we got on, you like to get into the details, and you like to right. do those things. And so um, I'm similar in that area, so I'm excited to have this conversation. But before we get into some of those more fringe things, I want to begin by letting you share your testimony. I mean, just from your bio, uh, there's some there's some cool things in there that I think we can discuss all night, just discussing some of those things. So um, could you give my audience just a little bit of background about how you came to know Jesus? I mean, you grew up uh, it, as having your bar mitzvah, and so you grew up, you know, knowing the Jewish law and things like that. So um, tell us how you ended up uh, accepting Jesus as the Messiah. Sure. My testimony is, I sinned, Jesus saved. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, that's so true, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, uh, uh, I came to accept Jesus as my Messiah when I was 27. So that makes for a really, really long story. <laughs> Well, uh, dude, we all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, just just go over the the um, I guess the major points. I mean, you I mean, you mentioned in there that you were you were into the new age. I mean, you right. had a bar mitzvah. So so what right. happened? How did you transition from going from Jewish? There must have been some Kabbalah right. mixed in there at some point, and, and some other types of things. So um, I mean, what kind of religion did your parents teach you? Were they Jews or or what? Well, that you won't get much out of me just because I have a very strong sense of uh, filial piety. But I'll, I'll give you the the point I generally come back to, which is when I was a child, uh, well, in Argentina, we didn't have a tooth fairy, right? We have the teeth mice. I guess it's <laughs> like the knockoff. Same function, but it's, you know, rodents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, when I found out there was really no such thing and that it was actually my parents putting the coin and taking my tooth. And so I found out that essentially uh, good, well-meaning as they were that, that they had deceived me about that as a child, I was just so thrown off, you know, it impacted me so greatly to recognize that, wow, my parents have deceived me about this. And what's interesting is if you go to YouTube and you type up uh, Santa syndrome, you'll hear many, many, many testimonies from atheists saying that that's what led them on their path is finding out Santa wasn't real. And there was their parents who had basically done the same thing, told them that was the case, then they found that it wasn't. So what else are they being dishonest about? That sort of thing. I can really empathize with that. 
But what I recognize is that led me on a lifetime quest for the truth. Okay, and so that's how, um, as a as a Jew going through private Jewish school and doing all of that, I also ended up sticking my toes on and so many other worldviews and philosophies just to try to figure things out. What's out there? Well, what's this belief? What's that philosophy? What's this concept? What's that worldview? And I kind of just spent almost three decades uh, going through as much of it as, as I could consume. In fact, this is part of our discussion, which is in sixth grade, my main interests were I'd go down to the local library and look at books on aliens, witchcraft, and cryptozoology, you know, the French stuff right off the bat. And so that's how I end up trying and looking at so many things. But eventually, I did recognize that in all my pretending to be so open-minded, I realized I've never given Christians a fair hearing. And when I did so, I went through the stages of shock. I grant you it took a long time, but, you know, thinking, first of all, these Christians are just insane, just completely loony, um, to denial, to anger, right? It's eventual <laughs> acceptance, uh, very grudging acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I had been thinking a lot about the problem of evil. And so, it turns out that the problem of evil actually is what brought me to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. So that, that played a huge role in it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's true. And I think that there's a lot of people that uh, struggle with that question. Like if God is so yes. good, why is there evil in the world? Right. It, you know, that's, right. I, I had an interview with uh, a, an apologetics professor actually. And, and we discussed that because, um, that's that's like his main question that he gets from people who don't believe in scripture, who don't believe in the, the biblical Jesus is they can't accept that a good God would allow this evil to happen, um, especially the right. evil that we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, so, gosh, that's cool that that um, I mean, and it, it just lends to the fact that, um, you know, God can work through anything and he he shapes us as as the potter does right because he 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 doesn't force us to do anything but he uses our situations and our circumstances uh, for his benefit i mean everything that you've been through everything that i've been through we're able to share with people and encourage people and lead them to christ because we're able to relate to them because we've been through something similar or or whatever it may be so our testimonies are super powerful and that's why i like to start with our testimonies um especially for first time guests, just so that my audience gets that, that foundation about where you're coming from. So guys, Ken is just like us. He wants the truth. He wants to get that truth out there. And so tonight um, I want to begin by getting into some transhumanism, uh, the worldview of transhumanists. What is transhumanism? And for those of you who have tuned in to my interview with Carl Tyker, we discussed it a little bit, but I want to get into more of it tonight. And so um, I sent, Ken, a, a couple of questions before we get on. And one was talking about their their plan, right? These transhumanists have plans um, for, for the future. And um, I think they have like a 2035 plan or something like that, which is like this bulleted list of things that they'd like to accomplish by that time. Um, Ken, can you, can you dive into transhumanism with me? And what is transhumanism? What is their worldview? What is the goal of transhumanism? And ultimately, what are their plans? 
Right. So as you stated, uh, at some point, for some reason, they decided on a specific date to, uh, at which their plan would come to fruition. Some may call it um, the, uh, why does the word escape me now? You might have to edit this. I just completely went blank. Yeah, no worries. The concept of when AI, AI becomes self-conscious, the singularity. That's yeah, the singularity. Yep. Okay. Uh, at which the singularity will just manifest, right? And actually, it's not 2035. It's 2045. 2045. Okay. And I'll give you. I thought they, did, an I thought they had moved it up. That's why I said that because I I thought yes, it was originally right, twenty forty five, right. and then I thought it was like moving up because it, things were moving so quickly. <laughs> right, right. So that's what I hear too. Is for some reason they decided to knock a decade off of it. So yeah, you, you're right. They started with twenty forty five, which to me was telling, or so I thought. Now this is the sort of thing that it either means something or it doesn't. But I, when they said 2045, I thought, well, okay, if I take the year as 45, that reduces to 9. And if I take it as 2045, that reduces to 11. Oh, so again, I, I, I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Uh, and now they made it 2035. So who knows why they decided, oh, we can easily knock an entire decade off of this plan of ours, but whatever. Uh, whatever the case may be. So to me, it, it's always important to not just keep up with who's doing what, but why are they doing it? And that's why we get into issues with worldview. And then I like to, of course, plug in uh, theology into it. So what I generally noticed is that there's an inevitable link between transhumanism, occult, and evolution. It's almost inevitable that you'll find two, if not three of those elements together constantly when you're dealing with transhumanism. So really, I guess I should say high-tech occultism and evolution. Mm -hmm. Now, the way I look at it is, I think back to Genesis 2, where God creates Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathes into him the breath of life and becomes a living soul, right? So you have this inanimate matter that then becomes alive. Okay, and there you have it. That's transhumanism in a nutshell in terms of wanting to become as God. Right. Okay, and not uh, in a good way, like be ye therefore holy as your Father <laughs> in heaven is holy. I mean, I always say uh, to become like God should be in terms of emulation, not in terms of usurpation. So there's a good yeah. way to be like God. There's a bad way to attempt be like God. And so that's really the ultimate transhumanist dream. That's why you, you hear of all these concepts of strong artificial intelligence, which means that artificial intelligence that would become self-aware. You're basically creating life um, in a different form, but nevertheless, uh, Adam being made of the ground was life in a different form that, that God has experienced eternally. And so you can even trace that back. Yeah, you mentioned the Kabbalah. Well, that's, that is a big component in Kabbalah is the concept of the golem, where uh, through enough mystical training, a rabbi literally could be as God and mold dirt or soil into a basic humanoid form, bring it to life, right? Wow. So, so yeah, you, you see that going way, way back in, in uh, mystical 
rabbinic Judaism and, and occultism of the rabbinic Judaism sort. And in my mind, uh, that really traces very strongly and obviously through pop culture. If you think about the story of Frankenstein, it's the same basic concept of taking previously living organic matter, body parts, and bringing it to life, right? And incidentally, Frankenstein is not only subtitled or the modern Prometheus, which is very telling, but it is a deeply, deeply theological book. And then you take that through concepts of robots, androids, and cyborgs. Okay, so a robot is basically a clunky uh, computing device that may be mobile. Um, android is an anthropomorphic robot, right? So it's a robot that looks like a human being. And then a cyborg is a human that has technology implanted into that. And so the, this is um, how these ideas develop, how we in our, in our innate rebellion against God, really what's happening here is we're seeing the fundamental deconstruction of the human being, of God's created order, right? And the reconstruction in our own image. This is why, as uh, almost worldwide now, but certainly in first world countries, you're seeing a deconstruction of things as basic as gender or sex, right? Where that's like a fundamental aspect of what makes a human being what they are. Uh, and we're being told, hey, it's whatever you decide, right? Forget God's created order. And the same thing goes when you're talking about um, attempting to achieve superhuman abilities through technology. So now I feel as though I might take a step back because obviously we've had a lot of technology that enhances human beings for a very long time. I mean, the first time someone slipped a sandal on their foot, right, that was an important technology. So was fire. So were a million other things, pacemakers, artificial hips, hearts. I mean, fillings in your teeth, all kinds of things that are beneficial. So it's important to not just say, uh-oh, technology or technological implant, therefore bad, you know. Uh, it's, it really becomes very complicated when you start talking about, how, well, how far can we go? How far do we go? Um, what's the difference between a pacemaker that keeps me alive and having an implant in my head that makes me super smart, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it gets very complicated very fast and more so as time progresses. And so in, in a sense, transhumanism is has a PR front, okay, like a marketing front of being all about benefiting and bettering humanity. And a lot of it is that, uh, mostly because a lot of the top people in that field keep their tabs on what's going on in high tech and in technologies that help people with, miss, with uh, missing limbs, right, or um, uh, life-threatening diseases, and then they'll co-opt that towards their own desired end, right? So a lot of it is very appealing and is very beneficial, no question about it. Uh, the problem is, uh, at one point, do we recognize that God's created order God's created uh, will for humanity is being deconstructed to the point where, well, what is a human being if I am 
uh, uploading the contents of my brain into a robotic body that's on another planet. You know what I mean? Uh, take your pick of any really wild, far out there thing that they're planning. So uh, that's what's important to keep in mind is where is this coming from and where is it going? And like I said, it gets incredibly complicated very fast. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and you brought up a lot of good points in particular that like not everything that, um, you know, is being developed is bad. I think, especially in the Christian fringe group, what I've noticed, and I actually had a conversation with a buddy of mine today about this is, is we tend to think that there's a demon under everything. Right? <laughs> there's, there's evil behind every, you know, technological advancement that, right. you know, oh, this person couldn't have developed this unless they had some medium shift or some yes. contact with spirits. And, and that, that necessarily isn't always the case. Like it doesn't always have to be that like you were saying like tooth fillers that i, I mean that, that can't possibly be evil because that doesn't you know there's no innate <laughs> that that's genuine like right. trying to to better the the you know the the um quality of life the quality of life you're that's exactly right and and to help us live longer and to give us healthy lives and and things like that. So those things aren't necessarily uh, not everything. There's not a demon behind everything or, or, or anything like that. And so I, I think that you're right in that transhumanism, um, you know, fundamentally, um, if you take the evolution part of it out, right, because that's, that's really what they're going for is the next phase in evolution. Yes. If you take that part out, fundamentally, transhumanism is good because it's all about the betterment of life, right? It's all about increasing our quality. It's all about increasing span, the lifespan of people, helping them, you know, cure cancers and, and walk with, you know, without pain in their limbs and all this type of stuff. But once you add that evolution aspect to it, um, it, it becomes a whole nother element. So, so let's dive into that. What is the next phase of transhumanism? Like what, what is their goal? What is the, what are they trying to achieve? What's the evil behind transhumanism? <laughs> if you, if you take out the goodness that it's trying to do. Well, that, as I said, is a very complicated issue in part because in a manner of speaking, yes, you have certain transhumanist organizations, but you basically have a lot of um, sort of do-it-yourself renegades uh, who have their own goals, right? So Richard Seed, for instance, is very infamous for talking about wanting to become a god, as he puts it, and that if you stand in the way of him becoming a god, then there's going to be trouble, is how he puts it. And he says, you try to kill me, I'll kill you. So in his case, you know, he's an elderly gentleman, and I could understand why he is really hoping to get some uh, much-needed <laughs> physical upgrades uh, in the sense of a cyborg or an android and to be able to extend his life and to be able to fight back against perceived uh, threats to his goals. So it really depends. Okay, so <clears throat> really the way that things seem to generally break down is people talk a lot about, well, uh, are we looking at a future that's like uh, George Orwell's 1984, or are we looking at a future that's more like uh, Huxley's Brave New World, right? So the difference being 
will some kind of uh, technocratic regime kick down your door and take you captive and do all that? Or will it be soft, as they call it, soft tyranny? Where I think that's where we are right now, actually. Uh, Big Brother doesn't have to kick down your door and install cameras and screens to keep tabs on you. We're doing it ourselves. Yeah, yeah we're giving them permission, right? <laughs> I mean, you and I are doing it right now. We're putting our faces on video, expressing these ideas, putting them on the World Wide Web, right? Here, I, here we are. We're the guys who are thinking and talking about this. Here we are. Hello. We're coming for you. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I, I have often said i'm so glad that when i was a teenager this kind of technology didn't exist because hmm. i definitely would have posted a lot of really embarrassing stuff <laughs> out there um, and so part of it is you know the concept of the internet of things or the internet of everything where basically uh you know pretty soon there'll be a database tracking how many strokes you make when you brush your teeth you know anything really mundane from that to like we're like i said what we're talking about what our views are and everything in this giant database and then you have um, artificial intelligence perusing databases collected by lower level artificial intelligence so it, everything becomes tracked you know everything becomes known and then you get into issues of um, the death of privacy, for instance, and all of that. And so on the other hand, not even on the other hand, just as, a, as another side issue, like, like I said, you get into issues of how much technology will a person allow to be implanted into their biological bodies, or will they be like more of a surrogate movie scenario where you're literally just laying in your apartment and you have a Android body running around and you're functioning that way, right? So in other words, there's, I don't, I'm not sure you can say that there's one thing that's a goal because there's so many varied ideas as to the sort of things that transhumanists want to do that it's really all over the place. But it generally would tend to break down to some sort of subconscious artificial intelligence and are being to whatever level subservient to it and it either you know a destructive scenario or more like a matrix scenario where uh, it keeps us nice and well like the romans used to say bread and circus right as long as we're, we're fed and are entertained that's good enough for us so it is again it all boils down to a fundamental re creation, a fundamental reforming and reshaping, uh, which is also where the concept of evolution comes in, which is why should we be subject to natural selection when the whole scenario is told us to be by accident, right? And life happened by accident, so did the earth, so did the universe, so, so did natural selection. Well, why can't it be human selection, like a eugenics form? but this is high-tech eugenics, so why be subject to natural selection? Why not take it into our own hands and make of humanity really what we want it to be, uh, not just in terms of governance, like totalitarian regimes, but where you're deconstructing the individual 
that's 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 the the ultimate transhumanist goal is deconstructing the created kind the individual and rebuilding them and the image of well whoever's at the top i guess mm-hmm. yeah uh i like that i like that answer because you're right there i mean and it, it totally depends, I think, on who you talk to and who you ask, like, what is the goal? I think any transhumanist will tell you something different um, right. uh, unless they are part of a, you know, an organization that right. has a mission statement or a vision, you know, because then all those people are collectively working towards something that they want to see transhumanism answer, right? There's a question that they have and tra- they view transhumanism as that answer. And so that leads me to a question then for you is is transhumanism a religion would you consider transhumanism a religion well again it can be <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's again we're back to that it gets complicated because there's so many views so for example there is a mormon transhumanist association yeah which to me the second i heard that i thought well yeah they already believe they're going to become gods so becoming a god in a high-tech way it's just kind of goes with um there are definitely people who are working on establishing transhumanist churches as they call it and transhuman uh spirituality right uh ray kurzweil the age of spiritual machines the uh cyborg buddha project it's there's all kinds um there's a lot of buddhist groups really really getting um in line with this, even having very rudimentary, but still having robots uh, being programmed to spout off uh, Buddhist teachings and temples, and that's already happening. Um, A a merging of spirituality, whatever that means to me, that's just a very generic term, but so is occultism. So that is already out there and it's already starting, sure it can be a form of religion. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the the reason that I asked that question is because, um, you know, whatever camp um, you fall in, you know, ultimately, um, whether you're, you're doing it for the betterment of mankind or you have some sinister plan, right? The ultimate goal is to become something different than what you are, right? Like you, you want to become better. You want to become more enhanced. You want to, you want to have these capabilities, this bionic man capabilities or whatever it may be. Right. But the ultimate goal, um, you know, especially for like the Ray Kurzweil or, or um, the, even, you know, anyone else that's high up there in, in the transhumanist movement and even some of the people working on this 2045 plan or whatever, I think if you would ask them, most of them would answer like, I want to become my own God, right? I want to live forever. I want to escape out of this reality, this, um, this three dimensional thing that we call our, our reality, right? They want to escape out of that. And so that question kind of stemmed from, from that in, in, in the age old lie that was told to, to Eve in the garden, you know, you shall be as gods, right? Well, they're pursuing that through technology. They're pursuing that through uploading their subconscious into a computer, like in that Johnny Depp movie that released a few years ago, you know, where he does that. (laughs) And, and so it's coming to reality, like even in ready player one, which was a film back in, I think it was released initially in the eighties, but they just released it. I I mean, you, you have these people with these 
you know, running around in this uh, virtual reality, um, doing, you know, things that they would never do in, in real life, you know? And so, um, there's a, um, you know, there's that aspect of transhumanism as well, that a lot of these people are seeking something, uh, outside of just being, a you know, a better, you know, equipped person. It's, it's, I want, I'm seeking this for spiritual fulfillment for becoming my own God. And I think that's why it does appeal to the Mormons because it aids them in ultimately doing what, what they want to do, you know, become this God of this planet. Um, so that leading into that, what do you see transhumanism in biblical prophecy? I mean, do you see, um, that anywhere in scripture or as, as a possible use by uh, in the end times as bringing about this one world religion, one world order or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know your stance on, on end time prophecy or anything like that, but do you see transhumanism possibly playing a role in biblical prophecy? Well, to some extent uh, I can. So for instance, like I said, I generally will jump from Genesis 2 to the golem up through robots, androids, and cyborgs, and AI. Okay, so that's my usual line of thought throughout. That pretty much covers all of all of history and, and a couple little dots there. <laughs> but yeah, if you think about the image of the beast that is given life in Revelation, right? Now, we don't know the details of what that exactly means, what sort of an image is it, but we do know that it's a non-living thing that is brought to life. And that's just good old-fashioned, like I said, basic uh, Genesis 2 golem concept uh, in a high-tech context. Is That is definitely part of it. However, that's going to end up happening that speaks to me in that sense. And then there's also the aspect of like um, part of our discussion is, is to touch upon the alien phenomena. And one thing I've noticed is when we break down the message that aliens have for us, and once you cut through all the fluff and puff, and then there's a ton of fluff and puff because for some reason aliens tend to speak in new age term terminology or whatever, you know. <laughs> but generally what I've noticed is they have three main messages for us. And it's it's the perfect example of disinformation where they wrap a big deception around truth. So their message to us sounds good, but it's their solution that I have a problem with. So basically they say one. You humans are always battling each other over theology. You know, you have religious conflicts. Okay, yeah, absolutely, no question there. Uh, you humans are always battling each other over governments and politics. Yep, definitely, country to country and all that, no problem, I agree. And number three, you humans are polluting the earth. You know, you're destroying your planet. Okay, yeah, I'm with you on all three, no problem. Yeah, you aliens got us. So what's their solution? Well, form a one-world religion with a one-world government and worship the earth as an entity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, how come the first two 
uh, alien um, final solutions are the same ones as the beast, you know, the Antichrist figure in Revelation. And how come the third one is in Romans 1, where when you turn away from God, you end up worshiping the creation, right? Now, now how come? How come they're traveling from wherever they're supposed to be coming from to tell us <laughs> the things about which the Bible's been warning us for millennia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.